Hi there, I'm John Underhill, and this is the Red Special Guitar Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Red Special Guitar Podcast, or welcome back if you have listened before. In our last instalment, I caught up with Arielle, all about her career in music, how she met Brian May, and all about Two-Tone, her homemade guitar, and how her and Brian have gone on to produce a replica of Two-Tone, which is now available at brianmayguitars.com. Now, those guitars went on sale earlier last week, and they sold out within just over an hour, and the second run is now available for pre-order on Brian May Guitars. We're hoping to get hold of one at some point so we can do a review and maybe talk to Ariel again about our experiences with the guitar once we've got it in our hands. But in this week's episode, I'm catching up with another friend of mine. I'd like to take the opportunity today to welcome a celebrity of the Red Special Forum. In some parts of the world, he is a lord, and in others, he is from Dudley. It is Luke Timmins. Hello, Luke Timmins. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good. It's nice to, to speak good. to you, mate. It's always a pleasure never a chore no matter what i say yeah i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> so um luke and i are chatting for anyone listening via zoom today again still covid times we're not in the same room uh, luke how's covid affected you and your playing because luke you're a, a brian may and a queen tribute band i believe i'm sure um obviously we've not lost gigs they've just been postponed uh so that's that's good in a way so nothing's been cancelled but none of us expected to be off this long. When when it first came about, we was expecting maybe two months of gigs to be like postponed or lost. But that's turned into about eighteen months. <laughs> so as as I said, we've not lost any. It was a different date. Yeah. So it's it's not too bad. But it's, I'd have liked to have gigged, obviously. Um, yeah. But. Uh, Hopefully, in two months' time, I can get back to doing it with Boris's new plan. Hopefully, it goes goes to plan anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, fingers crossed. As a you know, as a semi-professional musician as you are, how have you found? Have you been practicing lots to keep up your your chops, or have you uh, just put it all down and stopped? Um, I've not gone on it every day. Uh, um, I've been on it a few times, but I've lo- I've enjoyed the rest, even though I've wanted to play. Yeah, uh, and obviously I was off work for a while, so I was on it a bit then. But since being back at work now, I've tended to just gone to work and then gone to sleep. I've I've put the guitar down for a while, <laughs> but they're on the wall at the minute. So it's to give me some, you know, if I look at the guitar and I think, well, yeah, I'll have a ten minutes on that. Uh, but that's as much as it gets at the minute, really. I, I, I do yeah. prefer playing and not practicing. I've done lots of practicing at home when I was younger, <laughs> so. I'd, look, I'd much prefer playing live at the minute. Well, fingers crossed that the new plan comes about and all goes swimmingly and we can uh, go oh, and see yeah. you at a venue soon. So, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know Luke, Luke is a Brian May and a Queen tribute band. Luke, what's the, uh, start with what's the name of the tribute band and where can we find out where you will be playing when, when you're back up and, and touring again? Uh, the band is called Supreme Queen. Um, We've got Facebook, we've got a website, 
Uh, if you type in Supreme Queen on Google, it hopefully should come up. But if not, it's www.supremequeen.co.uk. Lovely. I'll put some uh, links in the description so that people can go and find out. But um, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Let's. Um, so, Luke. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> yeah, we might. We might edit that. We might not. But. Um, <laughs> Luke, can you talk to me then about your journey with Queen and can you remember where you were when you first heard Queen or when you be- first became aware of Queen anyway? And uh, Yeah, um, my uncle got me into Queen. Uh, I'd, I'd gone round his house for, for whatever reason and uh, he put a, a video uh, into the into the player and he said, have a, li- have a listen to this and it was um, Queen live at Wembley, 1986. Obviously, intro, one vision, and and the rest. And it was just that moment. I don't know. I don't know why. It was just I saw obviously Brian May and the guitar. And straight away, I said, oh, I'd love one of them guitars. And when I'm old, I'd love to be, you know, like that person. And obviously, a few days, a few years later, it, it, the dream became true. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Never in a million years did I think it had come true, but it, it, it did. I'm not Brian May, but I, I try my best to be. <laughs> How old were you when you watched that video? Uh, nine, I think, or maybe eight. Eight or nine, I think. Eight or nine, so quite quite a young age. So yeah. did you literally watch that and then head off and ask for a guitar and, and well, start I, learning? Or I had an acoustic just before seeing that video. It was like this little nylon string uh, type of guitar. And uh, then I had an electric. It was one of these starter packs from Argos. 50 quid, you know, guitar, <laughs> early cable, well. yeah. a little amp and a set of strings and, and the rest and a little strap. And then I said, I'd love that, that red guitar, not knowing the name at the time. It was just red to me. <laughs> and nothing came about. And then there was a guitar shop near Birmingham, a PMT. Um, and then I saw it on the shelf. So I had, a, I had a little go, and then I said, oh, I'd love that. And obviously, it was still available for sale at the time. And then when we come, I went back to the shop about a week or two later, and it had been sold, but it was still on the shelf. And obviously, I was turning 10 in the October, and that was my guitar at the time. I, d- I didn't know, but my uncle had bought it me ah, right. from that shop. But obviously, I just thought it was a sold and to somebody else, not to my uncle. Yeah. So, obviously, when he told me, I was a bit like, oh, well, you know, like, I couldn't believe it at the time. So, that was my guitar I was playing, but I didn't realise at the time. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it already yours when you first played it, or was it just after that first time of, of going in and saying that you really wanted it? That the first time I played it, it was not mine. It was still for sale. Then, obviously, when I went back, it had been sold but to my uncle. <laughs> But he never said a word. <laughs> no. And then obviously, tenth birthday come, and he walked in there to this like a box shape of guitar, and I opened it, and it was that one. And then he told me it was that one from PMT, what he played the other week. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit shocked and you know pleased at the same time. Yeah, that's a nice story in itself. Yeah, we, we can end. We can we can end the podcast there, Luke. Yeah, the shortest one you've got on your series, I think, about fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that yet. No. Hey, what, 
so that, what a great introduction though into the world of the red special and at 10 i'm guessing at that point you you probably and i might be wrong so correct me but you hadn't maybe researched the red special or known much more about it other than you could buy a bmg from or it, it's probably a burns back then i knew i don't get well i think it was a bmg because uh, it had the the half moon plate which i don't think the burns did i could i could be wrong as well but uh it had like the, the half moon plate on the on the on the bottom but no i had no idea it was homemade or i didn't know there was a, a better version of that guitar to me that was the only one you could buy at the time yeah um and then obviously i got looking on the internet found the guitons found the supers <laughs> i think i think i found the guitons first this was must have been about 11 or 12 obviously they weren't available anymore to buy yeah. So that price range was way out of my league at 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just uh, a bit. And then obviously I was looking and then another version came up that looked more like the Red Special, which was a Super. And then I just mentioned it one day to my uncle. I says, oh, there's another version out of my guitar. It's got the proper tram. It's got, you know, slightly different bridge, but a better bridge. And then I heard nothing of it. And then in the end, he says... Let, let me have a look at that guitar again. So I showed my uncle the super and uh, he says, I'll phone those tomorrow. Uh, this was house music, I think, at the time. And I'll see what I can do. And then he, he got back to me saying, I've, I've ordered that guitar, but he's coming from Japan, I think. So it won't be here anytime soon. So thought nothing else of it because I was obviously I was at school at the time, so quite busy back then. And then one day, uh, I've, I kind of forgot all about it. And then he says, oh, can you come to mine in your dinner break to, to try and fix my laptop? <laughs> uh, or something on the laptop anyway. And then I walked in and there was a big box on the floor. He says, open that. So I did. And it was the, the super. Well, obviously, being 13, I picked it up and I, I couldn't get my hand around the, the neck. When I first owned it, I, I couldn't play it for a while because I, I just put my hand around the neck. <laughs> so I had to wait a while before I could actually play the guitar. It was just sitting in the case for about a few weeks or a month, maybe. So is that that KZ Super you've got? Yeah, first edition, yeah, KZ. To me, it's, it's a great guitar. I see a lot of people complaining. But obviously, guitars aren't available. Yep. This was before other replicas come on the scene of higher end specs, so it was. It was to me. It was. It was no brainer. Like it's probably the best I'm gonna get at the time, and it's what I want to do. And I'm still young, so I, you know, I hope to be playing in many years to come. So I'd, I'd rather get it now than risk not getting one in the future. Definitely. Yep. So what, I had that. <laughs> what a fantastic gift from your uncle, as well. Yeah. At the age of thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> No, what a, what a lovely story again, Luke. I know, I need to stop, don't I? <laughs> aren't, aren't you lucky? You, you lucky young yeah, man. I, I am. Yeah, I suppose I am, really. So, you've got the guitars. So at that point, when you've, um, you unbox your Super, what, what rig are you playing through? Are you aware of AC30s and treble boosters, or are you just playing through that Argos practice amp that you, you I had think, I think lead? I've at the time, before then, I think. <laughs> I think I had lots of other different amps. Can't remember now, but definitely wasn't like an AC30. I did have the Vox Valvetronic AD60, 
which is like a modelling type of amp with loads yep. of different settings in. So I had one of those. It might have been that amp at the time. Then I moved over to the AC30VR. And then I obviously got talking to people and they says, you need a, a proper AC30. So then I obviously went out and bought one of those. But the first piece of equipment I did buy was the, the Touring Trail Booster. And obviously I didn't know anybody from the forum or anybody back then. So And I was in the Queen Fan Club. So I basically emailed Jackie Smith saying, do you know anywhere you can buy Brian May's equipment from? Not his equipment, obviously, but, you know. <laughs> and she apparently she got in touch with Pete Malandrone and he replied back saying, try Andy at A-Strings. So there I was on the internet, A strings down in Wales, and uh, I I emailed and he sent me a booster in the post. So that was really what I was playing through first, touring booster and the, the AD sixty. Yeah. Which at the at, again at the time it was the, the sound <laughs> before I knew about the proper amps or you know different trail boosters and whatever else. Is it, I I remember the AD sixty and I, I think. Matt H used to use them or still uses that amp in yeah. his YouTube videos, Basics 4 on YouTube. It's cracking yeah. sounding amp for the, the money. The one speaker amp, I think. Um, yeah. you could, I don't know if you can get two two speaker amps, but uh, and that massive paddleboard as well with it. <laughs> but I, I didn't really use it that much, uh, again, just in the bedroom. Uh, so, yeah, that was what I owned before everything now. <laughs> So you've got got an amp, you've got a, a treble booster, you've you've got your super, and all this is before you became aware of the the whole community of all of us lot around the world yeah. and in the UK outside of Dudley. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, so I'm me... still probably, I'm probably thirteen and fourteen still at the time. Yep. Uh, again, I put the video on a Queen at Wembley. I don't sit down to listen to learn it. I literally just play along and hope it sounds good. <laughs> some of it did, some of it not, most of it not. <laughs> uh, and then obviously I learned about the, the forum and I hate the fact it was just after the, the 2011 meeting where the, the Red Special did turn up. Yeah. So I'm a bit annoyed that I missed that one. But 2012 was a good one for me as well. Where I got to meet you all for the first time. Well, yep. those that turned up anyway. Uh, and I was in Huggles Coat, I think it was. Mark Reynolds arranged yeah. meetup in Huggles Coat, and I believe you, uh, there's a, a very famous picture of you holding one of Brian's guitars. Yeah, another good day, another reason why it was a good day, the, the double neck. Uh, again, I've never met Andy before, Andy Guyton. Uh, so that was good in itself. I kept nagging him to build me a guitar kept saying no <laughs> um but yeah it was a great day got to play in the band at the end again first ever time i played in the band before as well with strangers <laughs> but from that meetup there was a a guy there called dave handy who played the keys and he wanted until i got back home he messaged me saying i formed a band but i need a guitarist do you want to be in it so again, from that day, I joined my first ever band, yeah. playing just pubs and clubs and stuff like that. So that was another good outcome, was like starting off in proper bands instead of just the bedroom. So that's probably what got me on to then finding a better amp, maybe more boosters, 
and different type of guitars. So again, that's uh, something else that come about from the, the meetups. And yeah, that's basically it really from the 2012 meetup. <laughs> so you a young chap turning up, probably the youngest person at the meetup at the time. Probably, um, yeah. We're around a bunch of old gits, a bit older <laughs> now, um, who are devout followers of the Red Special and who know absolutely everything about it. So you're, you're obviously embracing the world of the Red Special and you've got your super... You're starting yeah. to learn a little bit more. Can you remember when you learned that Brian actually built the guitar with his dad when he was 16? I don't know when. It might have been from that meetup, obviously, but uh, I remember watching the video uh, on, on YouTube. It was, I think it was like the Back to the Light tour video type of thing backstage. And they interviewed Brian and he said, I made this tremolo bar out of, you know, something and the. The buttons are from his mother's knitting needle or knitting box or something like that. So that was when I sort of, oh, it's not off-the-shelf guitar. It's actually homemade. I'd love to have built one, but didn't have the time. It's always time, Luke. It's always time. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I've got my guitars now that I want, so no building for me. Well, you haven't quite got them all yet, have you? We'll speak about that one later. <laughs> So um, you're starting to learn a little bit more about the story of it all as well. So obviously your inspiration yeah. to start with was hearing Brian play live at Wembley in 86. That seems to be the the kickstart you needed to um, take guitar a bit more seriously. And then you've gone on a journey in quite a short space of time as a very young man to the world of Brian May. And you've, you've stumbled across the super and then fallen onto the forum as a youngster and then met Andy Guyton at a young age too. You've then carried on playing and getting better at playing and improving your rig over time and joining a band. And then you obviously end up playing, not obviously, but you've ended up now playing for Supreme Queen, as we've talked about, as Brian May. And I know you you also play in some other tribute bands as well when when the call arises. How how did that all come about and ending up being on stage, learning all the songs? Um... So I was in the first band that I joined, playing a gig, and there was a guy in the audience who is a, a Freddie tribute artist. So I see he came up to me and says, I'd like you in my Queen band. I was like, right, okay. So here's my number. And he called me, he didn't call me straight away, so I was a bit gutted. So I, so I carried on with this, this, this like covers band. And then the phone rang one day and he says, oh, I'm John from the gig that I saw you at. And uh, I'd like to talk more about this Queen band I've got. So then we got talking and talking and then nothing came of it in the end. Uh, so then the band sort of changed name, uh, the covers band that is. And then I decided to leave that band to join the first Queen tribute band I was in. This singer is in that band, but it wasn't him that contacted me in the first place. It was the drummer. Right. Uh, and then I realised what the actual band was. So I joined that band for about five, six months. Then it sort of turned into nothing. And then I, then Supreme Queen got in touch saying we need a Depp, Brian May, to do this gig down in Kent, I think it was. 
And then after that gig, a week later, they emailed and said, we'd like to join full time if you're interested. Of course, I was interested, so I joined. <laughs> and obviously, I've been in that band now since 2017. Which is a good amount of time now. Yeah, we've obviously lost a year, but hopefully I'm gaining it back some, somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. So you've ended up then, and Supreme Queen, just for those who haven't seen Supreme Queen, I have. I was lucky enough to see them, I was going to say last year then, but it wasn't last year, it was the year before, in Exeter in November in 2020, when Luke kindly met me and my wife and we went to see him play and Supreme Queen are absolutely fantastic because it isn't just all about Luke being Brian May the whole show is set up to look like a replica of Queen performing from sort of the mid 70s onwards I'd say there's a big influence from when I saw you from Wembley 86 yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot of focus on the Wembley Wembley show a uh, bit of focus as you say from other years that's mainly from costume changes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but the majority is based on Wembley 86, really. And there's, um, it's like, I wouldn't say it's an exact replica because to replicate exactly what they had would cost you a lot of money. But in terms of the look and feel and the music and the sort of how the show progresses, it is very, very, very similar to Queen in 86. And um, there's a yeah. couple of times where watching it, you close your eyes because you're bored of looking at Luke, and it sounds like, <laughs> and it sounds like you're at a Queen concert because I can't think what his name is, so I'm really sorry. But the guy who's Freddie, Scott Maley is a singer in that band. Scott, Scott Maley, yep. So, so Scott really has a a very good representation of Freddie's live voice. Yeah. So he, he sounds like Freddie live when if you watch the gigs on, on DVD or on YouTube. Because a, a lot of the other Queen tribute bands I've seen, they, they tend to try and sound like Freddie in the studio. So you get a slightly different flavour. Um, and obviously you've got Luke there, who we haven't quite gone to yet, Luke, but who's playing a, a super... Red Special from KZ Guitars first edition which is a similar one to one Brian owned or owns yeah. through a full on replica of Brian's current live rig which he's had built by Nigel Knight at Knight Audio Technologies um, so tell us a little bit about that Luke and how that's all come about because that wasn't a, a one time purchase either was it that's something you've you've evolved uh, over the years it's been about many many times <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rig started out as just one G major back in, uh, when was it? Probably 2015, maybe. Yep. Literally just the G major, an amp, the Vox, and obviously my guitar and booster. Then I realised he had one effect per unit. So I bought another T TC G major 2. I brought a Rocktron IntelliFX XL. I brought a G-Force. I brought a splitter for all that. <laughs> And again, all this time, I was still on using one amp. Yeah. And again, to me, it was sounding great. <laughs> but then, obviously, the meetup came, and somebody says, well, ideally, he uses three amps and all this gear. So that got me thinking, right, I need three amps. 
So I bought three amps without a splitter. <laughs> so I could still only use one amp at the time. Yeah. But I've just got two spare amps. And then obviously met Nigel at the 2012 meetup. And then we got talking about this custom built splitter and router for the guitars. So I had that built. That was great at the time. Then I bought the Crybaby Wah. So that needed to go back to get the modifications done. Yep. So that was that the Dunlop rack? Dun now. Yeah, yeah I, I had to go for the rack. I couldn't just get the, the standard pedal. I had to get the rack version of it just because so, of who I am. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the exact same model that Brian May has in his current live touring rig. Yeah. Um, I got rid of the Rocktron, the G-Force, kept the G-Major 2s. I then found out Brian had a wireless switcher. So I had one of those built because I've got two Nenazo wireless systems. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was, that's the basic, that's mainly the rig now. Obviously, two wireless systems, switcher for the wireless, two GM2s and the, the router for the amps and the wire and the, the effects. But at the time, I was using just a standard MIDI board. Yep. Uh, which worked great, obviously. It's never let me down. It's never broke, and I've had it about ten years, if not a bit, bit longer. And then, obviously, I got in touch with Nigel again, saying, "Can you build me this MIDI switcher with a wire built in, and to do other things?" He says, "Yeah, I can do that for you." So, in the end, he had the the rack unit back about four times in about four years, <laughs> <laughs> just to get the current modifications that Brian's got. Yeah. And then, obviously, I found out he's not using my kill amps anymore. He's using Nigel's amps. So, well, before, actually, I buy a TBX from Mark Reynolds. Yep. With green speakers in, actually. So it wasn't TBX, it was just TV. Again, it sounded great at the time. But then somebody says, has he got green speakers or blue? So I had a look and he got green in. I says, all right, buy some blue speakers, then you'll understand what we're trying to get you to get sound-wise. So I put blue speakers in, and honestly, the sound was out of this world for me. Like It was that point, and then I thought, so what was I listening to back when I was 13 or 14? Like It sounds nothing like then, back then. But obviously, what did I know when I was about 14? <laughs> Not a lot. Uh, so then, obviously, I bought more TBXs, and they were great, you know, just standard, unmodded versions. But then obviously I had to get what Brian May got. So I sent my amps off to Nigel to get the, the mods. <laughs> Again, he's had the amps back three times, I think, because different modifications. And the, the amps are a much more recent thing, aren't they, in the last couple of years? Yeah. So um, I think Brian moved from the... Um, he was running standard Vox amps, and then he had Dave Peterson amps built. Greg Fryer built him some amps. They were then went on to use in the We Were Rock You tour in the, well, not We Were Rock You tour, but the We Were Rock You shows in the UK or around the, the country actually, because Dave Peterson ones are in the UK. Uh, so Brian was using those, and then he had Mike Hill build him some AC30s, and then unfortunately Mike Hill passed away, and they were having a, I think there was I wouldn't say an issue, but I think there was some reliability problems with the wireless system and frequencies when they're in Australia. I think I, I believe so. Um... I think well, and then I, that must have been like the first Australian tour with Adam when they were getting these problems. I think 
because when I first set my amps to Nigel, I obviously was allowed to visit Nigel back then, before COVID. <laughs> and he, he was telling me, like, it was mainly because of, like, as he said, not so much issues, but it was better for Nigel to design and build an amp than to find the fault. Because it's not yeah. Nigel's work, it's Mike's work. Yeah. And that was how the, the cat amps came about, really. So I then says, right, well, can I have three, please? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, at the time, I was gigging, so I sort of had to send one amp just use two amps on stage and when yeah. one was back i'd send another amp so we sorted it <laughs> one by one and that was the like the mid modification that nigel does the, the cheaper options should i say uh, and luckily i was gigging down where nigel lives so when nigel had the remaining two amps he offered to bring them to the venue so i could use all three on that same night so obviously nigel brought the amps to me and i had them about a year and then I found out Brian was using fully converted cat amps. So guess what, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the listeners are starting to, uh, anyone listening to the podcast is starting to, to yeah. figure out what you're all about, Luke. Yeah. Needless to say, you've just last week picked up your three remodified cat AC30s to full Brian Mace back. Yeah. Last week I picked up three amps, fully converted, so... There's nothing TDX about them anymore. They're fully cut, and they sound amazing. And you've you hadn't gone for the speaker change, had you? You'd had blue speakers in each of them, but you've had the G12 yeah, anniversaries put in. Yeah, at first I kept just all blue speakers in, uh, and I did plan on getting actually the the G12 70th anniversary ones at some point, but I just. I just never bought the time. And then Nigel emailed saying, do you want me to put three anniversary speakers in? I says, well, yeah, you might as well, seeing as you've got the amps there. <laughs> so he ordered three into his, to his warehouse and then just put them in for me. Nice. That that speaker mod is, makes it a lot different as well, especially now with the attenuators. Like, and it makes a big difference with the attenuators because um, I used to have them set about 1, 2 o'clock on stage. Obviously, I've not used the new amps on stage yet, but I turned them up the other day, and the attenuator now is on 10 o'clock. But you wouldn't think it, because it's so loud <laughs> with, the, yeah. with the new speakers in. Uh, again, it's probably a good thing, because I don't need to be as loud on stage now. So the, the rest of the band might start liking me again. <laughs> <sighs> no, not, Nigel does some fantastic work. He certainly knows what he's talking about and knows what he's doing. Um, there is another Nigel Knight AC30 mod, though, isn't there, that Brian is now currently using? Oh, the, the AC30 special. Yeah. And I, I had to ask the question, like, can you do this for me? <laughs> and obviously, Nigel being Nigel, he would have done. But then he said, well, because you've kind of had this full conversion done in two separate stages, you've kind of got 50% of the amp already. Yeah. So he said he's, he's money-wise, and I guess for him, he's, he's better to just do the, the, let's say, the second type of mod you can get. Well, yeah. Um, and just do, like, the the cat rebuilding in a TBX chassis and cab, whereas yeah. the the very top-end spec is literally just the cab. It's a new chassis. It's, it's new everything, basically. Yeah. And the valve, custom made. Oh, yeah, the valves are moved to a different place, and 
I think some people have seen a photo where there's like like a grid now. Or yeah, for cooling, like, I'd imagine. Else, you know. So I did ask, but obviously it just made more sense just to go with the just the one below. So I've still got a decent amp. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, definitely. So you've got a pretty good, good set of amps there. There's a, a lot more sense in what you've done, but yeah. you're still one item. So, so you've got the, the three cat AC30s, you've got the full Nigel Knight rack mount effects switching system with all the same effects that Brian's using. Yeah. You've got a custom MIDI floorboard that you've now got connected up and wired in, so that all works seamlessly. Yeah. And you're you're using your super guitar still. So surely, Luke, you should be uh, looking to upgrade that super guitar at some point. Yeah, I think I think I will. <laughs> well, that's another story in itself. Um, have we got time to tell it? Yes, of course we do. We've right. got all the time so, in the world to tell this story. So obviously, from 2012, when I first met people from the forum and Andy Guyton and everybody else. Uh, realising that there was none available at the time, I did speak to Andrew Morgan. He had one slightly different. He had no logo on or no signature on his on the headstock. And I don't think his was in the 50 limited run, so I believe. I could be wrong. But I'm not he, sure. He's, he's going to be on the podcast soon, so we'll ask him. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. <laughs> so then, obviously, he said to me, like, have a word with Guyton and just ask the question and see if he'll build one. Uh, he said no, so I was crying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and again, a few years later, I kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. It was still no, because obviously it was limited edition, so he's not going to break that rule or promise to then that I've actually got one. Yeah. And then obviously, to was it 2018, the film? The Queen film? Uh, 2017, uh, I think. 2017. Well, the end part of 2016. Oh, the miles out then. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, my, my numbers are off, but yeah. I remember the meetup. <laughs> and then obviously, Guyton had been asked to do the guitars for the film. And I, I did read in or listen in one interview that he'd done was he enjoyed building them that much. He kind of asked Brian and Pete if he could make some guitars again. Obviously, relict and beaten up to look like a certain era. Yep, he got the go ahead, but I, I heard about those at the another meetup, which again is a different story, <laughs> the twenty eighteen meetup. And in the end, Andy did say yes to building me a guitar. So at that point, I was over the moon uh, to be finally getting one. So he says, "Well, if you pay me a, a deposit today." I'll put you on the list and you can have a guitar. So then the next question was, well, how much money do you want first? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it was, I was expecting, like with most people, it's 50% deposit, but Andy isn't like that. So he said a figure and I said, right, I can afford that. So pass your details and I'll send you the money. So I sent you the money and my name is on the list. So hopefully, in a few months' time, I'll be getting a Time Warp 80s model of Guyon's Red Special. Lovely. Very excited for you to get yours. Yes. Very envious too, because I won't be getting mine before you get yours. Oh, wait, I will be. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> to get it in there every now and again. No, so 
so a bit later on in 2021, you will be receiving your 80s spec Guyton Time Warp Red Special. All being well. Which will be, hopefully, yeah. No, it should be should be fine. I think it's made some good progress again, yeah. and um, we're on track for this year. But it's um, that will be your complete rig then, I'm guessing. No more guitar purchases, amp changes, rig alterations. Well, I said that before, but look what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a good feeling that's, that's, you know, that's probably the end of it now. Like Nigel said the other day, I need to start saving for a house and start spending yes. my money <laughs> on things I don't really need but want. Uh, well, Nigel's got some good advice, I think. Yeah. He's, he's loved taking the money, but at the same time, he's he thinks of the customer. <laughs> he, he does. Well, I think that all of the people in the community that are close to Brian or sell things. Think think of all of us. Oh, definitely. And it's not a, a just a way to make money for them all. It's all to help the community and to help everyone learn more and to provide yeah. information and provide an opportunity for us. I mean, I always think of the fact that Nigel has supported the meetups for poor, easily ten. 10, 11 years since we've been having meetups yeah. and bringing bits of kit along and, and we get the likes of Andy Guyton turning up as well and Andrew Morgan from A-Strings and um, we'll come on to another story in a minute that I've just reminded myself of <laughs> <laughs> and other people that are close to Brian that it just shows you what a wonderful set of people he has working around him that feel like out of their own time and for, for no benefit yeah. to themselves they, the other they, good thing they is, provide yeah. us with this info and you don't need to beg or ask them to give any secrets or can you turn up, please turn up. You don't need to ask them like a million times. Well, you don't need to ask them like the 2018 meetup, let's say. <laughs> um, obviously, certain people turn up out of the blue and you, you just wouldn't expect. You'd ex- yeah. like, for some people, you'd think you must have done some serious asking for that person to turn up. But no, nobody asks a question like... They just turn up. <laughs> no, it's one of the things I um I, I try and do intentionally because I arrange for those that don't know. I arrange the have been arranging whilst we've been allowed to, and fingers crossed this year in October we'll be able to have the UK Red Special meetup again in Reading. But what I don't do is I don't go out of my way to ask the people that you would expect to attend and beg them or make promises to them. Yeah. For, for a couple of reasons. One is I don't want to um, come across as though the meetups are about them coming. Yeah. And two, I just think it's um, I don't. Know, it's not very English, is it? Or not not good form to uh, to to get them to come or to expect them to either. Because when they have showed up, um, and obviously I invite them, but I don't expect them to come. I'm not saying I don't like say. Oh, Nigel, are you coming to the meetup this year? It's on this date. Of course, I let him know and and invite him along. But I don't say it has to be you. You have to come. Please come. Please come. Don't, don't not. We'll we'll pay you money to turn up or whatever. Um, (laughs) he'd probably take it. No, he wouldn't. He's very good. He donates stuff every year. (laughs) Mustn't say that. Want to try and get him on as a as a guest. But but, um, each year we have the meetup, and I invite different people to try and give a different flavour and a different um sort of focus and what's lovely is Nigel especially turns up I think 
because we've all known each other for such a long time he he turns up to have a chat with us as as friends and yeah and people with a similar interest and provide us with information and give us some stick back for uh some of the things that are said on the forum but the meetups are much more about the people rather than the gear and equipment and what you know and i think and that's who what you I are but most, to be honest is it's good to talk about the gear and you know play with people's guitars or play through different people's rig but the best part for me is obviously when we have the meetups it's on a weekend so some of us go down a friday night to the hotel food and drink again lots of drink <laughs> Lots of food, you know, but it's that part that makes it for me is the night before yeah. meal and obviously the evening meal on the actual meetup day when you can just talk about anything really. That's yeah. partly the reason why I like going. As much as I love the gear and talking Brian May, but, uh, you know, the food and the drink and just general chit-chat in the bar. That's it's good, good the, company, isn't it? Yeah, Definitely. And we, we, everyone's in, included and invited. It doesn't matter whether you can play every Queen song dressed up as Brian May on stage, or whether you can't play a guitar at all, but you've got an interest in Brian May um, and you want to come along and learn something, or you've got an interesting story to tell. It's everyone's welcome. But the specific meetup Luke mentioned earlier in 2018, we decided that we would do a guitar A/B test because. For years now on the forum, we've been discussing the differences and nuances between the, Brian's original guitar, which he built with, with Harold back when he was 16, and all the different construction methods and woods, and then the production Burns guitars, BMGs, the Supers, the second version Supers, the KZ guitars, the Dansan guitars, the Corrado guitars, and then all of the people in the community that have built their own. And we talk about the differences in how they sound and the different pickup switches, pickup heights, string spacings, and all the different variables and everyone will tell you that they all sound slightly different so what we thought we would do as a bit of fun was a blind a b test and um, we took all of the it, one of every of the guitars that was at the meetup and we stitched luke up with agreeing to play them through his wireless rig um, so he could be in another room and we put them all in the kitchen of the village hall in feel in reading with luke and luke played the same phrase um quietly and then i with the volume turned up to get the overdriven brian may sound and luke graciously agreed to go into the kitchen and, and play through all these guitars i think there's about 17 of them and we all sat outside and luke would play something and then he'd open the door and go could you guess which one it is <laughs> i can honestly i can picture that moment now <laughs> i opening the door see it into my brain you know just my face appearing and then yeah. and then obviously the guitar <laughs> and um what was really interesting with that was that most of them sounded the same there was a few exceptions one was dan thomas had taken his gibson les paul and you could just tell there was never so slightly it's slightly brighter i would say it wasn't um, so much that it was well for me it was i've never played one before and obviously there's four knobs on the front <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know which one to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm trying to find. I am trying to find which one's a volume and which one's tone and whatever else. So that was a bit of a giveaway. Whether anybody noticed or not, I don't know. And then obviously the other type of guitar is the, the guy in Transporter Red Special. Yep. Uh, I don't know who's I played. Uh, it might have been yours or Martin's. Could be, I'm, I'm not sure. 
But again, me forgetting it has got a built-in treble booster, which was turned on at the time. So I'm playing me, I think I did, for the clean sound was under pressure intro, and then for the distorted loud volume was one vision. Uh, but I've, I've done the um, under pressure bit, which sounded fine because it was clean. But when I turned it up, I had sort of two boosters on at the same time. Which, when you've got two correct boosters on it, it's, it works. But when you've got a wireless strap booster and a built-in booster yeah. at the same time, it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> so that was another giveaway of that guitar. So that, that didn't really work. But the others, there were some differences, but again, not, not a great deal of difference, I don't think. No, there was one Guyton in there as well, and that was owned by um, Colin Powell, who was able to pick it out actually of of all of them. He said he could hear the one of the, the G string, I think, because he is a very specific it's tone. Is that why? <laughs> I th- quite possibly, but Colin was able to stand next to me and say he just played my guitar, and Luke popped his head out the door. Which guitar is this? And uh, Colin said that was my Guyton, and Luke produced Colin's Guyton and. The, th- the thing that is, was pretty like, impressive. While I was in that kitchen, I, I, sometimes I forgot which guitar I'd actually play because <laughs> they all look the same, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> when they when they're that close to each other, I put one down and pick another one up. But then I put the obviously one I just played down. And I think, well, which one did I put down? So which one <laughs> do I play next? <laughs> so you're probably just playing that you only actually played three of the seventeen guitars. <laughs> No, we we did sort of. Did anybody guess the wrong guitar? I can't remember now. It's it's been a while. Uh, but I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. I th- yeah, I think we we did a couple. I mean, you know, after a while, it, they sounded the sound. <laughs> you, you can't tell the difference. No, you can't. And I think that that came across really, yeah. quite, quite well. Actually, the a lot of tone comes out of your fingers. Literally in that demo, it was your fingers because you were doing what you were doing and. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to hear the differences, but the most fun part of that story, which um, <laughs> Luke spent about forty-five minutes in this kitchen, popping his head out and going through all these different yeah. guitars and playing these different bits, was as I was stood up talking through a microphone, rambling on about how wonderful the meetup was and to have everyone there and what we were about to do. Um, the door opened to the left of me, and Luke stood beside me, and in walks Andrew Morgan, followed by Pete Malandrone, <laughs> who is Brian's guitar tech today and has been for some a very long time now um wearing a pair of shorts because that's all he wears and a couple of other people and um i'm a sort of luke timmons is going to go and play the 17 guitars in the kitchen and then walks pete manager <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think i felt nervous but i, I kind of did at the same time because whether he would have come over and said you played that shit, you know. You <laughs> yeah. You might, obviously, he didn't, but he could have done. And that's probably what was going for me a lot. What if he says I'm not good? You know, that's my yeah. career over. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. But, but he probably, whether he listened or not properly, like the rest of us did, I do not know. I think he just walked straight to the bar with Nigel and Andrew Morgan, which is more it than was. possible. <laughs> but yeah, it, that was, again, that in itself was just that made my day personally, because obviously not only did I get to speak to him, whatever else, but I was we were talking with some other people, and I turned around and I noticed Pete had gone towards Mike because I took my old rig at the time, 
and he, he sort of just standing there staring at it. So I walked over and he said, What's it sh- what does this shit do then? So I'm like, well, you can't need to talk to the person who made it, which is Nigel. And obviously he sort of laughed and joked. And I said, well, I've tried to get a replica rig, but not exactly the same. It's sort of what I wanted, but to do exactly what Brian's does. And then all of a sudden he knelt down and started editing the G Major 2 with obviously what he puts in Brian May's G Major 2. So obviously at that point, obviously, I was getting Brian's settings inputted into the G Major, which was good because obviously being in the tribute band, you, you, you need to be kind of spot on with sounds and whatever else. And it was just, it was great to see and know that when I go on stage, I'm using the same sort of settings and same style of rig. And you can't really get much closer, really, if you're going to have the same settings and, you know, the same people working on your rig that works on Brian Mays, like Nigel, you know, and other people like that. It's it's a great feeling feeling to know as well that those people work alongside you, as well as famous people. <laughs> no, and what's what's lovely is Pete came over to you and had a look at your rig without any prompting. He, I mean, he turned up without prompting. I hadn't actually invited him, not to say he wasn't welcome, but we'd spoken to Nigel about coming because Nigel, there's a bit more of a communication between us and Nigel. But I think. Yeah. Andrew Morgan had turned up and brought Pete with him and um, Pete went to the bar, we listened to the A-B tests and then as we do we have a break and Pete then spent time and he the, the meetups are a bit of a funny affair really because if you were to walk in without knowing what they are it's kind of like um, a car boot sale it's, it's probably the best way of describing it in that we have like a horseshoe effect of yeah, tables yeah. <laughs> So that people can, what they've taken, they can put on a table to display. And then throughout the day where there's breaks and if we've got a demonstration or if we're looking at something, people meander around and talk to each other about whatever they've taken. So Luke had his set up and over by the, the band section that we set up and this little riser for the drums. Um, but Pete had taken it upon himself to, after us doing the demo and respecting us doing the demo, to walk around to, to Luke and then to walk around to every single table and yeah. interact with whoever was there and whatever they had shown and take some interest in it. And that, was, I, that wasn't forced at all. And it was, it was lovely to see and hear everyone's stories at the end of the day about how Pete had, had come over and looked to my guitar and told me, well, that next, I think, Matt Netherwood's comments were... Um, he told me the neck was too big on my red special <laughs> and the guitar weighed too much. <laughs> but when I, uh, I'd done a gig uh, last, well, not last year, probably 2019 now, uh, down in Wales, and Andrew Morgan came. Uh, Steve, is it Steve McCullough came as well? Yep. Steve. And so somebody else came, I, I forgot who. But again, we were talking about the meetup because it was only the year after. And even Steve said it like Pete didn't need to do that. He chose to do yeah. it again, which is it just shows the type of person he is in terms of like some people will probably think, Oh, I work for a famous person, I'm not letting any secrets out, you know, that's his secret. But no, he's completely the opposite. He gave me yeah. my nice effects but you know, basically. And that is what I use to this day. And a few people have asked and why should I say no? You know, 
have these. Yeah. They're not mine. <laughs> I didn't no. create them. So if anybody does want the effects listening, message me and I'll happily provide them. <laughs> Maybe we can um, put them somewhere and we can add a link in the description so people can go and download the, the settings. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to sort that out, yeah. We'll, we'll sort that out and that'd be a really good good resource for everyone maybe in a few years when i next get to use my uh, equipment <laughs> yeah well at least if you ever forget them you know where to go to find them again yeah definitely <laughs> yeah no it's just lovely great meeting 2018 well they've all been great when i've attended uh i couldn't make a couple because i was gigging and i couldn't really get out of it but hopefully this year uh i can attend along with many yep. of us, and it happens. Looking at the new plan well, of Boris, it does look kind of hopeful, really. Definitely. And there's a lot to be uh, hopeful for this year, I think, with, with yeah. the new plan and, and life getting back to normal, even if it be slightly adjusted than, than what normal normal would be. But I'd, I'd take it right now if we had the meet-up with masks on, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we've got no oh, sickness, so we, we can do masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and some of the singers we've had. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No. It'd be better with masks on. No, but. We won't. No, it's, the meetups are great fun, and it's. um. I just think it's so important. I mean, the podcast is here because there are no meetups, and I'm hoping that once the meetup comes back, I'll be able to continue the podcast because I've actually quite enjoyed it, but. um. For me, it's all about the people. Rather, the gear is so important in the story of Brian May and Harold building yeah. the guitar. And you know, it really is. If they hadn't done that, and I say this a lot, and always go back to this, but if they hadn't done that, none of this would have happened because you would never have seen Queen live at Wembley and then gone no. on with your own story to end up with an exact replica of Brian's Reagan guitar and performing when you're able to. And the meetups wouldn't have happened, and people wouldn't have built guitars and form friendships and what i find amazing is it's especially with the internet is it's broken down barriers of where you are in the world as well so we've got people that come to the meetup from other countries yeah um and there's a meetup in italy that marco g demarco hosts each year and last year we had the first ever red special meetup in america in phoenix arizona hosted by luke holwerder which was a wonderful thing to go to the first ever meetup of something a new first meetup because yeah. it's quite fun to see how the americans did it but it just brings everyone together and your own story luke without the meetup you would never have probably played in a band exactly well you, you'd have never met andy guyton or nigel or well or, or, i wouldn't have met any of you i don't think really no so, you know they, i'm very grateful that they actually happen especially like being a, a young age obviously when obviously a lot of people were young, it was it was it was not only new to them, but it was new to that. It was new to Brian May as well at the time. Whereas mm. obviously to me, it's, it's new to me, but it's not new to anybody else really. Not yeah. who I first spoke to. Like they've they've been around, you know. I won't say they're old, but you know they've, they've been around a few years. <laughs> Be careful now, because some some of them might listen to this. Yeah, I do apologise if anybody's listening, but hopefully you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> No, but there's a lot of experience in the group and there's a lot of knowledge and information and people have Definitely. some fantastic experiences having met Brian or played the original guitar or even building copies or working with people on things and I think what we're trying to do is document all of that in conversation style which is what we've done yeah. with your good self today hopefully but 
Um, no, so, you know, what's next for you then after the guy and, and back gigging? Is there anything else or is that that you probably done? I, I kind of hope not, but there probably will be. <laughs> like, I've, I've kind of, when I get the guy, and I think, I think that is gear-wise for me, I've got, obviously, a lot of boosters and I've got the amps now. Uh, speaking of amps, hopefully next time I gig, I can have the full nine to look on stage because I actually went to a, a company up north somewhere who build like and I says could you build me like dummy cab so it's got nothing inside just the look of the amp yeah which yeah we could do that for you so I had, I had three of them made and then I had an, an old wardrobe tone I says I know I'll try and make them myself so I've got another three they're, they're actually right in front of me now <laughs> <laughs> and so hopefully when I come to gig next I'm, I've just got to get some framework made so I can get the three on top yeah. yeah so I'm waiting for that at the minute so that that's the next thing actually the framework for my amps <laughs> so you'll you'll look look the part then yeah so I can hide I can hide now beyond the amps when I play so nobody can see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it ideal yeah very ideal I think <laughs> Not at all. It's great watching you play because you really you can see when you watch you play, you're enjoying it, and you can Definitely, tell yeah. that you studied the music and the style. And you're very, um, a very proficient player. That sounds like Brian May when you go to watch, and it's a really good the whole. I know I said it earlier, but Supreme Queen Live is a very modern or good version of a modern way of looking at old Queen back in the day. If yeah. you want to have that experience. It's obviously not quite the same because, you know, there's only one Freddie Mercury and Brian May. But. You can never get it the same, personally. You can you you can get you know, you can get nearly there, but not not hundred percent there. Like, there's always going to be something missing in 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 every bit of it, I suppose. But uh, you know, it's, I enjoy what I do, and there's some bands out there that are miles off. Yeah, you know, you are going to get, but. They don't really put. It's like to me, like I would never do half a job. You know, I'd rather do put the most effort in, and hopefully, I, I achieve that. And when you see me play, or even just photos, like you can tell, I've I've thought about it, and right, I'm serious about this. So I'm going to get you know the, the proper stuff, basically. Definitely, and you can hopefully people anyone that's listening can pick that up from my conversation with Luke that if he's going to do something he does it right which is um, <laughs> a very Queen and Brian May thing to do anyway yeah. so uh, yeah. you can can see an influence in, in Luke from that but um, Luke you're also on Instagram aren't you and you post up clips and information about your rig sometimes and guitars and whatnot. Yeah, no, um, yeah, if not you don't mind I'm going to link link your Instagram down below as well so people can go and yeah. Go and check you out and listen to your story and, got, and catch up got, with you. I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got YouTube, obviously the band website. Um, but yeah, it's mainly like on Instagram, it's, there's a lot of every time I have a gig, I will post about the gig. Yep. Uh, obviously, I try and when I know I've got a gig, there's somebody backstage doing nothing more than likely. So I say, if I give you my phone, can you just record one of our songs or a few songs for us? And obviously, I'll put them on YouTube. So there are some gigs of like the, the back of the band, 
So you yeah. can't get what we feel on stage. So you might, you might not get the best sound from his position, but you get what we'd see. And then yeah. I'll start, sometimes I've known people in the audience, so I've got them to record some songs from out front, so they get a decent sound, hopefully. <laughs> so there's there's different versions of different songs, and we try and replicate, as you said, like a lot of the live songs and studio. Uh, so you, you do get that feel more so than anything else. But yeah, there's lots of videos and other stuff as well. I don't just play Queen. Well, no, not in the bedroom, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth checking out, though, if you want to see what he's up to. Yeah. And you can uh, find him on Facebook and look at the Red Special Forum on Facebook where Luke's posted up loads of videos of his new rig and his new amps and information over his uh, changes to his equipment over over time. And I think Nigel's also got you featured on um, dkamp.com, which is the Night Audio Technologies website. As yeah some nice write-ups and some alterations to your gear as well. Yeah, obviously there's nothing on there at the minute from the from the very recent stuff. But what he writes is basically what he's, he's done now. I think yeah. he described my gear as Trigger's broom from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> it's the same, but not the same. <laughs> I quite like that, actually, when I, when I read that, because I've, I've never thought of it like that. But yeah. again, like, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I like my stuff to be right yep now if i know i'm gonna have out-to-date gear and i i like it current then i obviously i find a way to get it as close as as possible and i really do like brian's sound now to be honest like as much as i love the, the old queen sound and the old brian may sound is it really is good now and a lot of people think it's a bit too like fuzzy or you know stuff like that but to me, it's as clean as you're ever going to get now. Yeah, I think it's um it's always different as well when you, you listen to Brian's recorded sound versus what it would be like in the in the room. And I mean, you play on stage, Luke, so you obviously yeah. you use microphones to record not record yourself, but to monitor yourself as well. And it goes through a PA, so it gets mixed, and you yeah. get a nice big out out front out of house. Or, front of house sound when you're listening and that's different very very much to what 380 30 sound in brian may mode in a room as to with a full band setup and i think a lot of people listen to some of the older records and especially like the wembley 86 concert and although that's controversial anyway because the sound of brian's sound is actually slightly off in that whole concert yeah it's not his typical 80 30 sound um, but a lot of people have a, a a misplaced idea in their mind of what it actually sounds like. But when you're in the room, when you've got, I'm pointing at my AC30 through Zoom, um, AC30 is <laughs> on, um, and you you're there with it. Yeah, the sound is a lot different than the recorded sound. Is that is, I guess what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. you having gone through loads of different bits of gear and equipment, and now using exactly what Brian does in theory and in practice because Nigel would have made it so you're now having the same experience that Brian does when he plays through it and yeah um I tend to agree I like his modern sound because I I, I don't know it, it does sound a little bit cleaner and it, I think one of the things that Pete has forced upon Brian a little bit more so is a focus on reliability oh yeah that's um, I think that's a big thing at the minute is 
a lot of reliability. It's like in one interview he said, if if he was to use old gear, he'd constantly be fretting about, is that going to break in a minute? Is that going to break? Yeah. In a, you know, and stuff like that does happen, and you'll never be able to stop it. I don't think, but obviously there's less chance of that happening there because of the gear he's got. And obviously, I've been known to blow up a few amps. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've done a hair really because I've never had them at full. It's probably just my look, I suppose. But now I've got, you know, <laughs> hand built amps. I'm hoping it will never happen again. The only thing I will blur yeah. is maybe speakers or valves. I think they're, they're, and, and they're what, there at some point. Well, the technical stuff that Nigel does, it puts so much less load on the valves and it, yeah. the, they're designed to be used and gigged and moved and handled and jerked around from stage to van, van to stage and, and stand up to touring and as a customer of his myself, you know when you buy something from him that it's going to last and it's been designed to withstand that absolute abuse that it gets if it was on the road even if you're using it at home in your bedroom <laughs> Or in your office, as I am. Um, need to find and, a <laughs> yeah, I need to find a band, really. But I need to do lots of things. But <laughs> um, I need to pick the guitar and play it too. But yeah, true. That's a completely different. That's a whole podcast series, let alone An a episode. red special one. But <laughs> yeah, but not Nigel's stuff is built to to withstand that. Yeah, that road road or touring life and when you purchase something from him, he doesn't matter whether you're John Underhill, Luke Timmons or Brian May, you're getting the same level of Nigel's expertise and That's thought perfect. processes and and you can buy the stuff that that professional musicians use and tour the world with from him and yeah. he's um you know, he's pretty honest with, with his advice and he gives good advice and you you're getting good products. So we're in safe hands with Nigel. Definitely. No doubt about that. And, I would suggest if um, you want to go and see Luke that you go and first find one of his social media accounts, whether that's his own or Supreme Queen, and check out for tour dates, especially later on in 2021, because it does look like fingers crossed and legs crossed and guitar strings crossed that Everything. Supreme Queen and Luke will be back out on tour this year. And hopefully we'll get to see his new Guyton Time Warp being played through his brand new Cat AC30 speakers through his brand new rig which I don't think he's used all of in conjunction. So yeah, no, hopefully go, soon. Go and check Luke. Yeah, definitely, hopefully soon. And get, but go and check Luke out because it's, uh, it's a great gig and I'm looking forward to you uh, coming back down this way, Luke, so we can, one, I can catch up with a, a non-alcoholic beverage afterwards again and also to see the band play. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. There's nothing in the diary yet, but I'm kind of hoping like maybe, maybe 2022 more likely now yep. a lot more gigs to be added new gigs anyway so hopefully that will be in there well i know when i spoke to my wife earlier and said i was recording with you today she said well tell luke to come and play down near us again so we can go and see him and say hello i'll, I'll put it to the manager of the band and hopefully i can sort some attempt <laughs> definitely but go and check luke out on social media there'll be links galore in the description below i don't know why i'm pointing below because this is a podcast and that's a table with a microphone on but go and check out all of the uh, various bits and pieces i've posted up to see when supreme queen are playing check out luke's instagram for behind the scenes stuff and join join up the red special forum on facebook and the old-fashioned forum as well and um, you can 
check out what Luke's been up to over the years in uh, forum posts as well. But Luke, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. It's been nice to see yeah. you as well, mate, because it's been a while. It has been a, been a pleasure, an honour, and hopefully get to see you in person in October, if not before. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, although I shall get mine before you, I'm looking forward to you getting your time warp. So one, because I know you well enough that we can have a chat about them. <laughs> Um, and compare I'll notes and... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you never liked me anyway Luke well, yeah yeah true <laughs> nah, but we can um, com- compare notes and maybe maybe do a bit of a, a review of the guitars as well once we've, we've got our hands on them and um... yeah that'd be good podcast part two yeah well I've been it's it's a journey we've both been on for two or three years now to, to wait to get one of these. So it's it's been good to have a, a friend who's in the same position as I am to, to talk to about it. So thank you for yeah. that. But yeah, we'll, we'll do another episode of the podcast with some reviews and the Guyton Time Warps when they're out and we've both got them. Yeah, um, sounds, sounds like a plan. But um, yeah, check Luke out. And Luke, thanks, mate, for a good good chat. No worries, any time. And thanks everybody for listening. And see you all soon. Yeah. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I bet you could. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and thank you very much, Luke, for all of your time with me on the podcast. It was absolutely great fun. There's lots of bits I've had to cut out because they weren't suitable. And, uh, yeah, always a good bit of banter between Luke and I on the on the forum as well, which is glad to have kept some in the podcast, although we did tone it down slightly for your ears only. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of the patrons of the Red Special Guitar Podcast. There are a few of you now that you all help support the podcast with a small donation every month in order to help towards running costs and helping the channel grow. And I would like to thank you all for continuing to do so. And if that is something that you would be interested in doing, having listened to the podcast, then please head over to Patreon and search the Red Special Guitar Podcast. And there are three or four different tiers of levels of what you can sign up to and each level has a different reward and opens you up to some extra bonus content and information all about what's going on in the podcast and who we have lined up a little bit earlier than you might know if you just waited for the next episode. I'd also like to take a moment in this episode of the podcast for the time that I'm recording it for today is Harold May's 100th birthday if he had been alive and I think it's only fitting that we take some time to remember that without Harold none of this would have been possible. Harold instilled all of his thoughts and feelings and methods of working in Brian, which you can see not only in the Red Special itself, but also in Brian's approach to Queen and that that very famous saying Harold had of if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And obviously in Brian and Queen's approach, if something's worth doing, it's worth overdoing, which we've been able to see and hear in Queen and Brian May's work throughout the whole career. So I just want to take a moment to to think about Harold and uh, wish him a happy 100th birthday if he'd been with us. And I just want to say again, thank you to everyone for listening. We've had an absolutely fantastic first few episodes and the numbers really have exceeded all of my expectations and I I really couldn't do that without all of you listening. And um, yeah, thank you so much for that. I'd also like to remind everyone of the 
campaign to get Brian May and the Red Special on the Red Special Guitar Podcast. And if anyone knows Brian or how to get hold of him or could put a good word in for me, then please, please do and let me know. Uh, there'll be links and emails galore in the description on the Facebook page. Um, please get in touch and let me know how best you think we can get hold of Brian, how we can get him on the podcast. And I think that's a very good point to end the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and stay safe and I will catch you in the next one. Thank <laughs> you.